0: This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley.
1: Arkansas wins the National Championship!
0: Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials.
1: Say
2: goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown!
1: Grant Hall, we appreciate his time every Wednesday. Good morning, Grant, and happy day after an Arkansas victory. You don't get a chance to say that too often right now.
3: Did you play the midnight special because it felt as if that game was going to go to midnight
1: last night? Two hours and 36 minutes, I think. Well, if it was one of those East Coast games that started at 9 o'clock, yes. Yes, good thing this one was at 6 o'clock. No kidding.
3: Here's a fun stat for you. You know, in the recent Tennessee game, uh, Debo joined Todd Day as Razorbacks with 1,000 points, 500 rebounds, and 300 assists. He added to none of those totals last night. He did have two turnovers and three fouls in six-plus minutes. And so basically, Arkansas did this with seven players last night. He, got, know, a, he got another like,
0: start, though. He added another start to his docket. Uh, that's I, right. I, you know, Grant, I'm a Devo fan. Uh, he he didn't look very aggressive uh, at any time. He kind of looked like, uh, I don't want to say going through the motions, but he was making the right basketball play, so to speak, but he it, it wasn't that same energy, I think. I don't think he matched the energy of a Landon Blocker or, or even a Davenport, and that's saying a lot because usually Devo, uh, he, he's going to bring the energy.
3: Well, the guys that brought the energy last night, uh, I would say Mitchell and Mark and Battle, I think those three guys scored 63 points, uh, almost as many as A&M had. I mean, so you didn't need a whole lot else. And is there a better center in the league right now than McCown Mitchell, the way he's just played? In fact, Eric said, I think the last 80 minutes are the best 80 minutes Arkansas has played this year.
1: Well, it still goes small, you know. You don't have much of a choice. It's just... You really only have two guys that you can play that can play big, and Lawson doesn't. You know, Lawson can play kind of. big. He had a big block there. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that's it's it's really amazing to be to. Um, I know A and M's just going to try to bully you around and everything. They didn't let that happen last night. I was it it it, it is impressive to see them go two and zero against the Aggies. No matter no matter if A and M plays kind of ugly basketball or not.
3: Yeah, and it's interesting that all year Eric's been searching for combinations, playing many more players than he had in his entire collegiate coaching career. Uh, and now it's kind of been done for him through attrition. Uh, these are the eight guys they've got, I guess, right now that he or, the, or that are healthy. And, uh, you know, they, I mean, I think what you do is you keep trying to improve and maybe you get some momentum going into the SEC tournament and, and think you can – but, I mean – <laughs> that, that's when it's really going to be tough if you're, if you're down on numbers. So you, you'll hope that some of these injured guys get back on there.
0: Grant, I, I uh, what do you think of uh, Wade Taylor's game? Do, do you like his game in a, in a sense? Do you think it translates to the NBA? And then have you seen anybody? Who's the last player you remember that's like a Anderson Garcia that just comes in and just attacks the glass? He had 15 boards in 22 minutes, I think, or 30 minutes, yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I think uh, Taylor – went from 41 points to 11. So I don't know, you know, they were getting into it during timeouts and stuff last night. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Garcia, uh, reminds me sort of, uh, just in, in, uh, oh, what was the, the kid from Florida that won the two national championships? David, and, David Lee. No. Uh, uh, Joaquin Noah. Noah. Yeah. 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 It, it reminds me a little bit of him, almost just the way it looks, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, you look at that team and I, I mean, I know Buzz Williams has a good coaching record, but somebody said to me this year they did not think he was an outstanding coach, and Arkansas may have knocked them out of the, the NCAA tournament this year. They still have chances, you know, but they, they're 15-11. and 11. They, they face a tough road to hoe now.
1: Well, they just look like they also still have something to play for. You know what I mean? You got, they had their hearts ripped out against Mississippi State. You drop under 500 this late in the season – you know, and and the season already has been spiraling downward. You know, you worry about the so-called letting go of the rope. That was a con. That was a conversation Matt and I had. Did not see that. You didn't see that against Mississippi State, and you saw even better effort the second time around on the road, which tells yeah, me that, uh, these guys think there is still something to play for. That that
3: was the most impressive thing about last night to me. And and Jimmy Dykes commented about this. You know, he gets to go to the. 11 a.m. shoot and I noticed Eric said it was not a, a good shoot-around, but a phenomenal shoot-around yesterday. So, that you know, they're still uh, trying to find ways to get after it, and a lot of teams at this point in the season with that record uh, are, are kind of bailing it in. So that, that part is impressive.
1: Uh, so we mentioned about another start for Devo. Now, we won't have you on until, until Wednesday next week. This Sunday at Bud Walton Arena, Arkansas women's basketball plays Vanderbilt. Michaela Daniels will make her 150th start at Arkansas, and there'll still be at, at the very least like another at least another six games to go. Four in the regular season, SEC tournament. There'll be there'll be a postseason tournament of some sort for for Mike Neighbors' team. But man, that's uh, we like the round numbers. I always say 150 is a lot. I just you know they they got to get her to the tournament. Two you go two and two and you might actually make the NCAA tournament because eight and eight gets you in usually (laughs) uh, out of the SEC, which makes tomorrow's game against A&M just supremely important because you still got Carolina and Ole Miss and Vanderbilt.
3: Yeah, they really need to get that one uh, tomorrow night. And and the women are a lot like the men right now. They're really down on numbers. Uh, Talia Scott uh, is is day to day, but I don't think she's going to play tomorrow night. So, uh, it, it is on Michaela and Spencer, especially, uh, you know, and, and Carly Keats, who had, she did her Talia Scott impression with 11 points in one quarter this day in the game with a mask on. But uh, Michaela, as far as we could tell, is the first player to beat a team 12 times in five years. Have you ever heard of anybody doing that? She's 12-0 and zero against Missouri. Uh, in her five years at Arkansas. Well, and we
1: historically see Missouri in the SEC tournament, so we might you know, may, may see yeah. again. <laughs> and
3: Arkansas, I think, advanced from 10th to 7th in the SEC in one day, so that's a pretty good, pretty good trick. I, we talked to uh, a representative, someone who kind of knows the ins and outs of the committee, and the, the net is important, and Arkansas is not great, but it's just one of about 14 things they talk about in those rooms. So, uh, Mike said he's given up trying to figure out how they do these things, but i'm I'm with you, Phil. I mean, usually if you're eight and eight in the SEC, that's good enough.
0: Hey, Grant, I watched a little bit of Riviera uh, with with Met, Matsuama winning by three strokes. Uh, tiger seventy two seventy four missed the cut. where Where do you rank Matsuama uh, Hideki? like is he is he up there with some of the gol- not an American golfer, but worldwide golfers. Uh, is he up there on in the top 20 uh, of world golfers right now?
3: Oh, absolutely. I think uh, nine wins on the PGA Tour. He won the Masters. He won at Firestone. He's won at some great courses at Riviera. Being one of those, you know, Matt, the, the, the winning score was 17-under, and he was 9-under on Sunday. And yeah, he shot 62. It was, it was wild, yeah. yeah. Just uh, blitzing those guys. He, he'll one ball to six inches and in the next hole to eight inches or something like that, and and kind of just, I think Zalatoris was probably shocked because I think he thought he was going to win that.
1: Well, th- so I know Tiger had to... 72-74. Um, well, he had to, he had to stop playing. He had to retire yeah, he, off, he, off the he, tournament. He's, he was in too much
3: pain. Oh, okay. He hit a tee shot on number seven, and he hit it down the middle but with not much power. And uh, that was really weird, man. I mean, they had fire trucks at the clubhouse. At, uh, t- he has an IV, and then two hours later, he walks out on his own power. But... Uh, I mean, I guess we <laughs> take him at his word that it was the flu, and uh, he he just he he really did look uh, not like himself and kind of discouraged all during that second round. So uh, I hope it's it was just that and not something again more physical with his back that he talked about because uh, he was hoping to play like once a month this year, like maybe playing the players leading up to the Masters and and these majors and so forth. So. Uh, I hope it was just the flu.
0: That w- that was going to kind of be my my next question was how what do you expect out of Tiger this year? What the Mexican Open at um, uh, it's it's at Vedanta, and it, it, you think Tony Finau can repeat or will you, will you be checking that out at all?
3: I'll be watching it if there's any golf on TV. I'm usually watching it. Yeah, and then of course they do the Florida Swing after that, uh, leading into the Masters. So uh, you know there's a, a there are a couple of local notes. Taylor Moore is in the Masters this year and. Maria Jose Marina, the Arkansas women's team, is going to play in that uh, Augusta National Women's Amateur. And she also played in it last year. Uh, and she's done well. So, lo- looking forward to all of that.
1: And baseball in Arlington this weekend. Uh, I mean, I think they look good. I think they look good enough against, against James Madison. You want 4-0. That, that's tough to pull off. Um, didn't play great on Sunday, but I think they cleaned it up. Uh, and, look, the, the lineup that you saw on Sunday is probably not the lineup that you see in a lot of weekend games. That's also another thing to remember.
3: Yeah, I thought the JMU coach did a smart thing when he put that Ogotski in there. He, he found a game he maybe had a chance to win, and he had that uh, guy who was a 14th-round Toronto Blue Jays draft choice to put in in a 2-2 game and they won that game. Uh, I guess it was Sunday. Uh, Arkansas, I think average seven runs and average giving up four runs. Dave would like to see them hit more. He thinks they will. Uh, but they do have a lot of arms, Bill. I mean, they, they, uh, uh, I think they got a lot of potential this year.
1: Oh, we got Sterling on the McClardy Daniel hotline. Let's go right to him because I appreciate him holding through that break. You can get on with us as well at 877-377-6963. Hey, Sterling, good to hear from you today. What's going on?
4: Oh, nothing much, guys. I hope you're having a great, wonderful day. Uh, You know, Phil, I'm going through this thing right now, but I'm apologizing after the fact, after... Hindsight, you know, is always twenty twenty, and I I might be wrong on the team, but I think it's the twenty fifteen uh that played Texas A and M and Patrick Mahomes. Now, if I'm off on a year, forgive me, but I remember being so upset at that team because uh, they didn't even punt that night, Texas Texas Tech, that game in Fayetteville, and now looking back at who Pat Mahomes turned out to be and what he might become, potentially. I'd like to apologize for that team, to that defensive <laughs> unit.
1: Do we have a statute of limitation? Right it's nine years. Is it okay? Or we do? As long as you do it within ten years, everything's okay?
4: Yeah, I, I want to apologize for that team. Uh, They're only playing the greatest, maybe, perhaps, could be the greatest quarterback of all time. So uh, I think I can cut them a little slack, uh,
1: uh, what about for the Citrus Bowl loss in uh, what was that ninety eight to Michigan and Tom Brady? Did they get a pass too?
4: Yeah, they 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 get a pass as well. But they 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 were right there in the game. They did they they really could have could have won the game. I, I wouldn't say shoulda, but they they were definitely in the game. That tech, tech game seemed like we never could get get going. And I also want to apologize to the twenty eighteen Razorback team. Carson Chaddy, and I forget the name of the right fielder. It was Eric uh, Cole. Eric Cole, and I know it was it's a play that they could have should have made and all that, but what actually cost that team that night was myself and fellow Razorback fans that, when that ball hit the ground, we all had this sense of doom. From the people that were there at the game, from all the Razorback fans all around the world, had that sense of doom, and we forced and we put all our doom negativity and we sent it all to Omaha at that very moment. Hey, you're a
1: still once want- Bubba and I in the radio booth looked at each other at that moment, and it's like we had the same feeling. I think everybody did. Um, but what what makes you think of that? Is that because baseball's got Oregon State for the first time since then yes. this Friday?
4: Yes, sir. That's exactly the reason. And and I apologize but I think we we called that. We still one strike away. You you still in pretty good shape. I mean right. start February, you still in, in prime condition, but it was it was myself, raised back And Now I now I know also you and Bubba. Y'all with us too. We had that sense of doom, like, uh oh. Well we still just one strike away. But so uh I apologize to 2018 baseball Razorbacks and back to the 2015 football Razorbacks so, for uh, first for criticizing for being mad at the team for giving up a uh, thousand yards to the greatest quarterback of all time and for jinxing my favorite team in the world
1: Razorback baseball. Y'all so guys have a great day. All right, thanks, Sterling. All of a sudden, I was all happy about basketball beating a And M. Now, 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 Sterling kind of turned me in the other direction. I'm, 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 I'm brought back to. Um, uh, my, yeah, uh, I got three moments in my sports lifetime that if I could change things, I would change things. Only two of them had to do with a win and a loss. The other had to do with a coach dying on a field. Uh, that would that would be one of them. That would be one of them. And I don't want to think about it, too. Even Bubba said it on the air on Friday. He couldn't help it. There was a pop-up along the right field line near the tarp. It landed. It was in the same vicinity as that foul ball that Sterling's bringing up right now. And he mentioned it on the air. I wasn't going to mention it. I mean, I was thinking it. Anytime a anytime a pop up lands around that area, I'm thinking that. But he's the one who brought it up. We all we all know what they're thinking here. I was in an, in an entirely
3: different country at the time, listening to you and Bubba on the on my phone because I couldn't
1: watch it, and it it hurt. I I, remember, I will never forget that pain. Well, so sorry. Let me ask you this: Does does Oregon State being on the schedule? Just make you remember that automatically. Just seeing their name on the schedule.
3: Yes, Uh, it's. I mean, even if you beat them, I think Bubba said this. Even if you beat them, you kill them. I mean, it doesn't take away that
1: that moment that we could have had. But hey, it can't be revenge. It's not a matter of revenge. It's that's the thing that fans want here. The players, they weren't. These kids weren't even in high school when that happened. Heck, these kids weren't even thinking about high school when that happened. They were probably just figuring out what side of the plate they stand on.
0: Yeah, I was watching watching the game uh with Paula Jay, and uh I remember t- saying that, that that kid catches that ball ninety nine out of hundred times, maybe even a hundred out of a hundred in practice. It was a it was a fluke fluke deal.
1: Uh it's that and game seven of the NLCS in ninety two, which Braves fans and pirates fans remember very well. Sid Bream, Francisco Cabrera, I think of the same things with Aiden Grenier, Carson Shaddy, Eric Cole, Jared Gates, Trevor Larnick is there. You know, he's the guy at the home run. Of course, Matt Cronin. I hate that that's just attached to these guys' uh, legacies because that was such a good baseball team. I tell you what, I, I, remember, I remember when the 2017 season ended and we knew, and then Blaine Knight made his announcement he was coming back. I didn't really even know very much about guys like Casey Martin and Heston Kerstad then, but I remember in that offseason starting to think, you know what? I think this team might have a little bit of what it takes to win a national championship, and I was open about that. I talked about that on radio shows. We weren't doing this show then, but on on other shows, on podcasts or whatever, I was open about that, and I think I was right. I think I was right about that. I feel the same way about this team. You got everything you need. You got everything you need. You got a right-handed power. You got left-handed power. You got enough speed where you need it. You got a center fielder who can fly. You got a shortstop who I think is really good in the field and will pop it over the fence a little bit. You get, you're get you deep at those positions at second base too. You're dealing with an injury there, and you know I don't think you felt that. You're deep at catcher. You got great starting pitching. You got veteran relief. I think they got the same idea. Whether or not you face Oregon State there, I don't know but they're they're going to be one of those teams that's uh, that's definitely up for it. And Sterling ruined um, ruined somebody's sandwich just by bringing that up. So you yeah, anything like that. We're supposed to make people like hungry and want to eat and feel good about things and now we're ending people's lunches all of a sudden. Uh 877-377-6963 is our McClarty Daniel hotline. It was tough to be a number 1 in college sports yesterday. UConn loses to Creighton. And lost big time. And number one Wake Forest loses in baseball on the road against Greensboro. Now, you don't worry too much about a midweek loss. Nor, I guess, if you're UConn, you worry too much about that loss either because they do have a win against Creighton, so they split these two games that they'll play. Uh, it just does come, you know, it's right after UConn was the, the only unanimous number one team in the country. And then ends up getting crushed by Creighton, 88-65. to Otherwise, uh, what Tennessee had a tight one last night with Mizzou, and and uh, and that's what happened as far as you know, as far as the SEC was concerned. That was the only other game.
0: Yeah, I saw a little bit of those highlights. Uh, I think uh, Dalton Connect uh, he might not have showed up for the first half, but he was there for the second half. Uh, He he kind of put the team on his on his back, and that's that's. I mean, Missouri is as much as that just shows you how deep and and how uh, if you don't show up to play. Any team in the SEC can win a half on you, and and so they they, they saw that, then they bounced back out, and and uh, they did what they had to do.
1: I think there's a threshold. Let's say like Grant mentioned with the with the basketball committee, the selection committee, this net ranking that that I mean, look, I obsess over it sometimes. I think the coaches do too. Um, writers certainly do. That's just one tool that they use. And I mean I think conference record is a tool that certain that in certain conferences it will mean something. Like if, if you if the SEC in women's basketball, any team that has finished eight and eight has has gotten a bid that means something for for women's
0: and men because I, no, I don't I don't think that's the case for men. Oh, I was gonna add, I was gonna say didn't UConn win the national title one year? They went eight and eight in conference in the Big East. I think so, right? That and, was
1: under Kevin Ollie, I think.
0: I think Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, Auburn, Florida, Kentucky. Those six teams are a hundred percent in. This it's what I think. And then I think there's two more spots in the SEC. Uh, I think Ole Miss probably has one of those spots and then it's then it's mississippi state m lsu you know is one of those i don't think georgia's good enough i really don't think Mississippi State or A and or L, you know, I don't know. It's one of those teams that get one of those play in games or something. But I don't see more than eight teams in the SEC. Getting are they in.
1: talking about like nine on the telecast yesterday? Or was Seth Greenberg's uh, moment at halftime? A about- and
0: M just lost it. If right. they A the and M just lost their chance, unless they they win a couple more games, I right? don't think
1: you're getting nine in.
0: I don't either. I think eight. They're they're not. We're not. It's it's there's hey there's some good competition. There's some good depth in this league. There really is. But I only see eight teams that are, and really those those top six right there that's uh that's that's the crew
1: yeah and then there'll be a couple of NIT bids out there uh,
0: and, and watching Ole Miss play they they're okay you know Beard's gonna have them going that's why I, I would say that could be in that playing game one of those teams 12 seed 11 seed whatever that is and then if you got one more left it would if it would be between Mississippi State or A&M well who goes farther how do they finish these last five games it'd be real important
1: well, as far as it goes for the women's team, I do think if they win two of these next four, and those those the the two games that are that you would say were the most winnable are are tomorrow against A and and M got drubbed at home by LSU Monday night. I watched as much as that as of that as I could. It just once. And yeah, I got into the third quarter, and A finally starts showing up, and the and the announcers are making it seem like it's going to be a ball game now that it's a twenty point game instead of a forty five point game. Yeah, that was a, that was a rough one for AM. and uh, They can win this game. They can win, and that that'll probably be without Talia Scott. You go two and two. You beat Vanderbilt on on Sunday at Bud Walton, even with back to back losses. If that's how it shakes out, to Carolina at home which that would be a miracle to beat South Carolina this year, anybody, the way things have gone. And then on the road at Ole Miss, maybe winnable, but they play really well at the Pavilion. Two and two, I think that gets you into the tournament. And then you got to find a way to, to win a game in that tournament. online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile device. Head to BetOnline today to become part of the team. And remember to use the promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline. The game starts here. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dry January is over. Check out the new Valentine's Day specials like liquor-filled chocolates. They have Jack Daniel's Store Pick Barrel and Willet Bourbon and Rye as well. Come by Eastside Liquor at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. I think we successfully uh, redialed our friend Clay Henry on the McLarty Daniel Hotline. So I think he's still there so, somewhere in Tulsa. Now, who'd you pick up, Clay? Who, who's joining you now on this trip? We we are uh, adding Jimmy
2: Trammell, uh, Tulsa World, extraordinary writer. Uh, we actually worked together years ago at the Tulsa World. He's now like the entertainment writer. Is that right, Jimmy? Pop culture. Pop culture. Uh, yeah, and and um, Jimmy wrote one of the two books on, on Coach Switzer.
1: I know so about Wildcatter's son. Is that the one he wrote? No, bootlegger son. Bootlegger son. I got it wrong. And then he wrote one that the Tulsa World
2: published that kind of yeah. covers the Dallas Cowboys days as well as the early stuff. So Who,
0: who controls the radio in this group? And will y'all listen to George
1: Strait, Cowboys yeah. Like Us, like on this road trip?
2: Sawyer Radler's in charge of the
1: radio. He's done yeah. enough trips with you that he'll probably throw on the George Strait just, he'll just defer. because.
2: He'll defer to, to George Strait. You know, we may do some Toby Keith. And, and, there you go. Uh, you know, there you, there, that's uh, a
0: great idea.
2: So he's an OU guy, you know, just recently passed. He was really close to Coach Switzer, and I'm sure we'll talk about uh, Toby some this afternoon. Um, was he you know, there with Clay
1: uh Clay, was he yes. there with the Well, yeah. in, in fact, JT texted in here. He said that um, Switzer wore the mink coat when he went to recruit Bo- Brian Bosworth. Okay. He, he Relate, wore it. A bunch. Relatability. There you go.
2: <laughs> yeah, he wore it a bunch. I'm
0: just like you, Brian.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think he wore it in uh, Pine Bluff when he recruited Danny Bradley and Curtis Williams. You know who started Oklahoma. They they talked about that. Uh, sometimes it was a turnoff to parents. Like this is this is too much. I'll bet it was. But it never never was to the kids. Look yep, that. Look the, the guys was.
1: that you brought up. The guys that you brought up, Walt Frazier, Joe Namath, you know, I mean, these were, these Dr. were, J. These, were the, these were fashionable
0: dudes. Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. yeah. They were
1: players. Mm-hmm. They that,
0: were, it was kind of a mark of, hey, if you're good, that's, you got one of those. Like if you're an all-star yeah. all star and all pro, it's kind of a rite of passage.
1: Clay, would this be sort of like the equivalent of, um, you know, so, d- be, being on TikTok, uh, doing so the some, of your, some of the, yeah, doing a dance on TikTok? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, he Times was the first. Times are changing. That, 1978, that was the first time I'd ever seen a male wear a full length mink coat. I'd seen women. Uh, but that just, that's Switzer. And, and he was just, he's. there's so many great stories. And he's hard, he's helped so many people through the years. I, I think he, the, there's one story I read in Jimmy's book uh, last night that he did the eulogy for Ricky Bryant when he had a heart attack and died at 37, then jumped on a plane. This was in Coweta, it's outside of Tulsa. And then jumped uh, on a plane and flew to Wellington, Kansas, private plane to do the eulogy at Jack Mitchell's funeral. Jack Mitchell was his first coach at Arkansas. You know, coach Burles replaced him in 58, but that's, you know, he played two years for Mitchell and two years for Bowles. But he's, I think he's probably done about a thousand eulogies through the years. Players, parents of players, and he can never say no to anybody.
1: But do you have do you have to be careful or cautious with the topics you bring up with him? Because it, it sounded like you almost, you know, you want to talk about the '78 Orange Bowl, but you you sound a little hesitant about that. And I asked so, that. I asked that because, you know, I mean, I'd like to know his opinion on paying players well, now. So I I know that. He's spoken
2: about it to me, but not when I've questioned him. Like, it would just come up, you know, maybe somebody else asked it. But I was just like, man, I'm not asking that. Um, there's, no, there's no there's no, use getting on his bad side. And, I mean, I'm the beat writer. Um, but what I've heard him say is I go to Arkansas, and that's what all my friends want to talk about. And to finally, you know, he beat uh, Hatfield's team in the Orange Bowl later to finally be one and one he said you know he told his players in the pregame of that second orange bow, listen guys i've never asked this i don't i don't ask you to win for me i really need you to win this game for me and you know in a passionate way too and they smoked it, 42 to 6 i mean it was it was over quick just like that first orange bow was over quick um, but it it was a blast to cover him. You know, I've got great memories from going to orange bowls, great memories for covering, you know, Oklahoma, Texas. I got Oklahoma, Texas every year. And then the next week I'd cover Arkansas in Texas because we didn't have beats. We just, you know, we divided it up before the season. And you had Tulsa, you had Arkansas, you had Oklahoma, you had Oklahoma state. So, I mean, it's my life covering college football at the Tulsa World is incredibly rich. I mean you just think about nineteen seventy eight, the head coaches. One week I'd cover Barry Switzer. The next week I'd cover Oklahoma State and it'd be Jimmy Johnson. The next week it'd be Arkansas and be Lou Holtz. Next week it'd be Tulsa and be John Cooper, who's the Hall of Fame coach. That's that's how I learned the game being around those coaches. And the access was unlimited Practices were open to the media. Uh, the film room was open. You know, I could sit with coaches, sit in the stands, you know, at a practice, Jimmy Johnson might flop down beside you for, you know, four periods of practice, but Barry Switch would wave you onto the field. That's That was my life. And just, you know, i really lucky to be around these type men and coaches and learn the game.
1: Well, coaches in, in in a lot of cases knew that I mean that was the way that you get the story of your program out it's it's all, you know you got to be in the media you got to be in the yeah, papers yeah. you had yeah, to be, be in the it. papers it's different now it's much different now just look at who you're traveling with you're traveling with yeah, this is You're travel with the storytelling arm of the university's athletic department it, yeah. I mean that tells you all you need to know about the the difference in in, mm-hmm. in then and now Is you know cuz most most of us don't get that kind of uh, yeah. that kind of access now
2: so, just think about it in these terms, too. So, I rolled in uh, age 24 at the Tulsa World, and an Arkansas grad is coaching at Oklahoma State. An Arkansas grad is coaching at Oklahoma. And he's got Arkansas people all around him. They knew my dad. I mean, I was, you know, I was welcome because I was, you know, Arkansas media royalty, or at least they thought I might be. Uh, hadn't proved it yet, but, but so I got access. And, then, you know, Pat Jones grew up in the same neighborhood I did. So those are, that was really fortunate to me. Uh, I can remember going over to Jimmy Johnson's house after a game in Stillwater and walking into his house to a party, and, and Pat Jones is like, let's go out and sit in the car and see if we can listen to the Arkansas game on the radio, see if we can pick up a favorite station. So those are those are really sweet memories for me I'd,
1: I'd wonder how he feels and I and I don't mean this as an insult whatsoever but I feel like you know we had these conversations um, when Pete Carroll retired and you know going over his accomplishments Super Bowl championship national championship even though it got wiped away and then you know Jimmy Johnson and we know about Barry Switzer but I kind of feel like in that in that national conversation a lot of people they would mention Switzer and as as just somebody to mention his name and then go right to Jimmy Johnson and to Pete Carroll. But you you can't take away that Super Bowl championship. And he might not have, you know, put the team together, but he coached him. He coached him. He has the ring. I mean to be one of three coaches to pull that off, it tells you it tells you you're dealing with somebody that is rare.
2: Yeah, and all three of those have Arkansas ties. You know, Pete Carroll was a GA under under Holtz at Arkansas and Jimmy and 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 Barry both played at Arkansas and were assistant coaches at Arkansas under Bulls. So the, the Arkansas ties are there with all of those, and they're the only three that have what you just said: NCAA college, champion, you know, college football national titles and Super Bowls. This it's just, and when you think of the ties that go back to Coach Bulls. and we're going to talk about Coach Bulls today. This is not, you know, this is not an OU story this is an arkansas story and so, that's the way i you know build it and Barry and i've been talking about doing this for about four months and uh he had cruises and he uh some other things that just we kept so okay we'll do it here, then we'll do it then we'll do it then now it's going to happen and i'm i'm as you can probably tell i'm excited
1: hey then then la- last thing on this for the time being and then we'll, we'll we'll hit a break we'll hit on some other things in just a moment Derek in Fayetteville texted in, and he wanted to frame this question by saying he's 32 years old, so he didn't know the things that happened back then. Yeah, his question is, why did Barry never try to coach at Arkansas?
2: Well, he didn't try, but he was offered. That was Frank's first call when, uh, you know, when when he retired. Just remember this: I just told you about that class that they signed in '75. They were all enrolled at OU. In '76, when Coach Bowles retired, and he calls, he calls Barry, and he goes, "I can't leave these guys. I mean, they're the this is the best class ever signed in college football." And that's when you we lost. "Yeah, to say uh, you know Arkansas is a better job than Oklahoma." I'm not going to sit here and say that. Uh, he he had it rolling at OU, knew what he had coming, and knew that. You know, he had his staff in place, and he had his machine in place, however you want to describe that. And he can wear the mint coat there. Not sure he can wear it in Fayetteville.
1: I mean, it's just like, you, you get it. Hickey & Whole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in MENA and the Little Rock area. Hickey & Whole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody cases, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479-434-2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to get better better whose theme song are we listening to here don't answer that it could be a good walk up but the last
0: one was my floor routine song uh this one could be a walk-up song though that's a walk-up
1: song that you might cut off before the main lyrics start if you're uh if you're a reliever pitcher coming out
0: in the middle middle relief like about the sixth inning that's the song you play right there
1: actually a groundskeeper song is what that is they definitely have that in the yeah you know it's a really bad joke you you play it when
0: you do some gardening
1: (laughs) clay henry's with us too on the McClarty Daniel hotline. Uh, Clay was uh, faith restored in Arkansas basketball with yesterday's victory over Texas A&M. Or, or maybe that, I mean, look, great effort against Mississippi State on the road. Better effort against A&M on the road. I I just like that it's a team that very well could, like like, I don't care, whatever. This thing's done. I didn't come here to play in the NIT. And we're just going through the motions. You didn't see any of that last night.
2: No, it was pretty fun to watch, to be honest. And I watched the Mississippi State game, and it was noticeably different. Um, it looked like they were, you know, on the same page, and I, you know, and then, and then, then last night, it not only looked like they were on the same page, it looked like they were together, and they went to battle together. The essence of coaching, to me, is: do, do your guys play hard? Do they? Do they? Do they play together? And do they have a? A plan and, and go out and do it together. And that's what it looked like last night. They got some steals. They knocked some balls loose. You know, I, I saw a play near the end where a guy was just dribbling just across half court and Tremark, Tremaine Mark was so low and his hand reached out and he just knocked that ball loose. The guy got it back. They haven't been doing that. You know, deflections. Uh, you know, getting uh, live ball turnovers as Jimmy Dykes was kind of describing. I mean, you get a live ball turnover, you can do something at the other end. You know, defense is not set. Um, their defense was solid. I saw a couple of times where there was a straight line drive to the basket. but That was it. You know, they've been having 10 or 12 of those. And they battled. They fought. Somebody hit them. They hit them back. Um, the... the Fouls were going the other way in the second half for, you know, the most part, it was like nine to one. And I, and I thought there were missed calls. Like, you know, an A&M guy would just shove an Arkansas guy underneath and they didn't call it. It didn't bother him. They just kept fighting. And you know, Nolan told me so. Nolan Richardson told me something years ago. He said, when you get a transfer and he's talking about junior college players at that point, there weren't portal transfers. There weren't four year transfers. He say you get a junior college guy like you know like Lindsey Howe or Sonny Weems or you know you can go through the list, and he says the first you know 20 games they're trying to figure it out. They they don't know the culture. They don't you know they're, you know, they're playing at a different level. They're in the SEC. Uh, it's different. And then you know somewhere you know during the second semester of that first year it starts to click. Well, they got. They got nine or ten guys like that, and that's what's happened. And they—you've never seen a team with this many new players transfer older players. And uh, I just think they you know—it just takes a while. And you can coach somebody, you can tell them, you can tell them, um, and it takes a little while for the muscle memory to kind of add up and them to understand exactly. And then they're playing with new guys to, to boot, and it is tough this year has been tough on Eric Musselman. But you know what? They look like they knew exactly what he wanted them to do for all 40 minutes last night, and it was an awful lot of fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I thought their floor spacing uh, was way better on offense. I don't know if that has anything. The last two games, Clay, I was going to ask you, did you think because it's that four-guard lineup, you think that has something to do with it?
2: Uh, Yeah. And, you know, I used to talk to Nolan, and he's like, "Man, I like to play three guards. It just really helps your ball handling." Well, they had four guys, mm-hmm. and it's and it made it tough on Texas A and M. They end up playing their fours. They got a lot of fours that they try to play on a guard, and they couldn't. You know, they couldn't keep them out. who you gonna you gonna put on Mark? Because if you you know if you take your guard off of you know battle. Or, and, uh, davenport, blocker, I like da- to
0: and to your point yeah. oh yeah i thought blocker he fits that a and l like he's 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 scrappy but i thought Same davenport mindset. at the four Same mindset. yeah i'm yep. with you i don't think a four can stay in front of him i think davenport can create a little bit then
2: and, and, and i thought davenport kind of settled into the game and there's been some times where he has not settled in and it was frustrating to watch in in uh, just because they had some guys out and Devo picked up early fouls. I mean, they, they kind of had to play, and it worked to their favor. And Davenport can play better than that. He did not hit his threes, and that's really his deal. But he did other things, and he battled on the defensive board. You know, there was some effort there. Um, he's still not the best defensive player, but he's, he's getting better.
0: I like him, Garden of Four, uh, almost in a sense because he is kind of tough and physical. You're right, putting him on somebody when he Body gets tight. when he gets yep. switched off, uh, it, it is hard for him. Um,
2: yeah, and then the then the last thing is they've got a beast at five now. Mikael Mc, Mitchell is is, is it Mikayla or McHale? McHale I, guess, I can't.
1: McHale. I yeah, McHale. the one in Little Rock.
2: Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I let's just say Mitchell and. He he he's been uh, a really tough matchup the last two games. Uh, I I don't know what it'll be like in the in the next three or four. You know, like there, is he going to well, Missouri he he he's gonna he's gonna wreak havoc on them. I don't think Vanderbilt has anybody. To, you know, so they have got they've got a little uh, daylight here in the schedule that they haven't seen. Um, but I got one thing I know for sure. Texas a does not want to draw them in the tournament. They do not. <laughs>
1: no, no. Yeah. And neither neither do the television. They got their number. The TV networks yeah. don't want that game either because they don't want two-and-a-half-hour games, and it doesn't seem that these teams can play anything short of that. They're going to shoot 70 free throws, aren't they? That's exactly right. Uh, what yeah. about it being a shorter bench, and, and that helps guys just not worry about coming out of a game in some cases? Like, I'm seeing... I see there women, be some of that. The women's team yeah. is playing be, plays better without Talia Scott. Now they they have a, a much shorter bench than the men. But Talia, I mean, her talents off the charts. Uh the guys that you're missing on the men's side, look, I know Menefield is, is small, but he's still quick and he's had his moments. Yeah. And Brazil is talented, and Jalen Graham, you know, has improved in some areas. He's talented too, but without them, they're still playing really well.
2: Yeah, I mean, what I saw is that they played an open floor game and they moved Mitchell away from the basket and they gave their guards some room, and like you say, Matt, there were four of them, and the, the spacing improved. They had open threes, much more open threes. They just didn't hit them. And finally, they was like, well, we're going to quit taking them. Davenport will hit a hit some of those, and they, they have the capability to making runs with what they're doing offensively, but it goes back to being able to cover and guard, and that's what they did. The last two games that frustrated. You know, when you see shooting percentages go down, like their opposition and their three-point shooting percentages go down, it's because you're guarding them. Um, you know, especially on your home floor, you ought to be able to. You, you know your Rams, and your you know your your uh, the look that you're getting, and you always shoot better at home. But Mississippi State and Texas A&M, they know they were guarded. And and we'll see if it continues. You know, I, I'm not ready to say all is well yet. I mean, this is, we've seen too much of the other end. Um, and, you know, it, it's a roller coaster with these guys. But it, it's been 80 minutes. Pretty good.
1: Schedule plays out pretty well. Maybe to at least get something rolling. I mean, Mizzou and Vanderbilt, neither of these teams playing really well. You already have a win over Mizzou. You get both games both at home. Both I mean, at home, yeah. And I see no reason why you don't go to Kentucky with a three-game winning streak other than, well, I I know the reason. It's because I never know what to expect, but maybe, maybe now, I mean, look, the Tennessee game, that's one of the best teams in the country. You beat Georgia. You played well. You played well in a loss at Mississippi State, and you played well on a road win. Maybe, maybe there is a little yeah. bit of consistency coming on now. Yeah, well, I think there is,
2: and you sure look, you know, you, you, you look and watch Eric Musselman and he let him play because he liked what he was seeing. There there wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't jerking guys out because he didn't like what they were. I mean, foul problems dictated his substitution, not poor play. And that has to make him more comfortable. And yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I think his locker room is settling out and, uh, you know, Graham is, is kind of an enigma. I mean, he's got some talent, but, you know, the, the ball gets stuck with him. And now I saw him make a couple of passes against Mississippi State. They're like, oh, that's different. And then I saw Battle make passes. Battle has been, you know, he's been the abyss, the deep black hole. The ball never comes out of, but he made passes last night.
0: Yeah, he's, uh, he's had his best, Clay, when he's playing downhill. Uh, no no question about it, because he was 3 of 15 from the field, 0 of 3 from the three-point line, but 9 of 10 from the free-throw stripe. Uh, and, and your boy T. Mark, Clay, I'm big fan of him and Mitchell. Uh, they were combined 18 of 22 from the, from the foul stripe.
2: Yeah, so... Mark's from Dickinson, Texas, which is down that way in South Texas. I bet he enjoyed playing against Aggies. And I, you know, who knows? They may not even have recruited him when he went to Houston. But how about the the pass that Mitchell made in the open floor when they're breaking the press? I thought that was big a strong two hand pass that you know that, that led to something good. I mean, that uh, for a big man to make that pass. In press beat offense is pretty is pretty special. Well, he's becau- usually those are the
1: guys you don't want handling the ball. He's a he, look at the run on the offense through him at times. They, I, he, this is not the way that I perceived Makai Mitchell as a basketball player. I I perceived him as as a muscle guy, you know, a rebounding guy, uh, a little bit of an enforcer. Um, I did not see. Him as as an offensive threat, you know, or somebody that Creativity. you're going to give the ball around the perimeter and see what he can do to dish and who he can find. But man, I mean, that says a lot about probably how hard he's worked at his game because he's become an all-around player now. Taking
2: coaching, I mean, taking coaching and understanding what's happening. And you know, a lot of what they do is not set plays; it's reaction to what they, you know, to to the to the isolation things they set up. And it, ha- you know, it has to be thinking, it has to be decisions. It's not, you know, it's, you know, it's all, you know, kind of coming together. I- again, the last two games, I've enjoyed watching, and they look like Razorbacks.
0: And and let's just say it, Coach Buzz Williams is a little overrated. He, he's he's he's. <laughs> I don't think he's in that top that top class. It, yeah. Clay, they look like an AAU team. You know, they just yeah. throw it up there and try to out athlete you out uh, out athlete you. It's, uh, that's not, it's, it's such a, an adverse way to how people are playing basketball now. They, they just, it's, it, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to watch.
2: Do, I mean, does he work that Nicorette gum a little bit? Oh my, I,
0: I was expecting a halftime wardrobe change <laughs> like, uh, like last time. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, why. I mean,
2: that's what it is. Apparently I've been told that it's Nicorette gum. Interesting. Interesting. So.
0: You're listening to the East Side Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast at hitthatline.com.
4: This podcast has been presented by Bet Online.
0: This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent.